0: Uh, it's a privilege to be able to study with you guys this morning and and enter into this worship early morning on the Holy Sabbath day. Uh, if you don't mind, let's just bow our heads for another word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your grace and mercy. We want to thank you, Father, for not giving us what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does. And Lord, as we are about to open the Bible, I know that I'm not worthy in any way, shape, or form to uh, to teach. And I know, Father, that it's only by your grace and your blood covering our accounts that we can come into your presence. So as we are coming into your presence, Father, we pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the covering of the blood of Jesus over our accounts. And we pray, Father, for the revelation. Of your dear son, we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, this morning's uh, devotional thought is entitled "I Can't, I Can't Breathe." Uh, as you guys know, and it has been a reality of the scene, and I, you know, I couldn't even watch the video in full of a police officer with his knee on the neck of a of a man, and the man literally is dying on camera uh, there are people standing around trying to convince the officer to take his knees off the neck of this this man and this black man cries out for his mother and his children before he before he passes out there and and then he ended up dying. Now, this is nothing new as far as what has been observed in, in certain communities. The brutality, the hatred, the, the, the treatment of another human being, the treatment of a black man, as if, you know, it didn't matter. And, you know, you observe these things, you watch them. You know, not a few days before that, uh, another young man, was, another young man is running down the street and, and he's, he's shot and killed by some vigilantes trying to be upholders of a law <laughs> and he's killed in cold blood. Now, if there was no cameras, either for the death of that young man that was running down the street or the death of, of. George Floyd, as he's there dying on the ground, no visual evidence of some of these things. They probably would have been swept under the rug, and the more more likely they would have been, because even when they had another man in New York who was choked out, dealing with some cigarettes, it was caught on camera, and the justice that was meted out by mankind was a slap on the a slap on the hand, if you will and what's happening is we're watching the reality of sin. And you know, some identify these cases particularly as racism, but it is it is a form of sin. And as I'm watching humanity respond to these things, and I'm only reminding you of these things because they're present, right? So these these act as as instructional moments. As as you watch what the response, especially in this last case where the officer was not arrested right away and then the people began to rebel and to destroy their own properties and destroy their own town, I began to think about the strange reaction of humanity and justice. And it's become clear to me that humanity in and of itself does not know how to meet justice out properly. And it reminded me of the necessity of God. I want to remind you of a story. You're probably very familiar with this story. It is the story of King David. And King David is caught caught in adultery by God. Not by man, because man, you know, the king is, it hides his sin very well. He ends up, he ends up sending uh, his top soldier back into the field to die, i.e., sends a note with him, and his head general sends Uriah out into the front of the war and ends up killing him. I want to read a few passages here, how God responds to this and how God responds to David. Watch what happens. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, and the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children, it did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. But he took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. So notice, notice what happens as as Nathan, as as the prophet Nathan is explaining this story about the many lambs and the and the one ewe lamb and the rich man taking from the poor man. David becomes indignant because he sees an injustice. Pay attention. David becomes indignant because he sees an injustice, and he is ready to deal with this injustice. Verse 5 says, And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that have done this thing shall surely die. Mm. This is David's pronouncement upon what he perceives and its reality and injustice. And he is ready to kill the man. And put him to death because of this injustice. Verse 6 says, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold. Because he did this thing, and because he had no, what's it say? He had no pity. And Nathan said to David, you are the man. Hmm. I look at this reality of of what's transpiring in our world, and there is no question in my mind that there has been an injustice. It's an injustice by that, those officers allowing that man to die under the, the knee of oppression. No question about that injustice. And there's no question that there is a justifiable reason for anger and the desire for justice to be meted out on those who have done evil. No question. But it's always strange to see humanity take a blind eye to its own imperfections and are ready quickly to condemn those others of their injustice. I will never forget this. I was at church many years ago. And as I was there at church, church was over and a sister came out of church and she came to me and she she approached me and said to me, Brother Waller, do you think God wants me to stay in a loveless relationship? Now, mind you. That is a very powerful question. Does God want me to stay in a loveless relationship? I said in my mind that I, I quickly said a quick prayer to heaven because I wanted to give a a wise answer because I knew if I just said yes, this lady would be, I mean, it would be like, What do you mean I'm supposed to stay in a love relationship? If I said no, she'll be like, Good, because I'm out. And I don't need to be in this relationship. And I remember praying a quick prayer to God, and God gave me wisdom quickly. And I said to her, No, He doesn't want you to stay in a loveless relationship. And you could see on her face, she she looked as if she were relieved. Like, like, okay, great. And then I quickly said, however, the reality is that you're looking for love in the wrong place. You're looking for love from the wrong person. She looked at me. She was curious. What do you mean? She says. I said, well, look, if you're looking for your husband as the source of your love, then you will never have the love that you desire. I said, God is the source of your love. And if he is in your life and in your relationship, then your relationship can never be loveless. God will give you the ability to love those who are unlovable. So therefore, you're no longer looking for love from the loveless one, but you're looking for love from the endless, limitless, (laughs) um, a source of love, which is found in God himself. You can see that she was perplexed with that answer, but then you can see a glimmer of hope come into her eye and she understood. The reason why this story was even stranger is because in her heart, she felt her husband was cheating on her. What she didn't know is that I already knew that she was cheating on her husband. She felt that he was betraying her when I knew that she was already betraying him. You see, it's interesting that the justice of man seems to be blind to its own imperfection and is always quick to judge another. And you watch, you watch, you watch this rioting that's taking place due to supposed, you know, be, supposedly being connected directly with the killing of Mr. Aubrey. The reality is the people are robbing because that's what they have in their heart. The people are destroying because that's what they have in their heart. You say, but Brother Waller, it's because of the oppression that they have been under. And I agree, it is the oppression, not just the oppression of man, it is the oppression of sin. And if there's going to be a cry for liberty If there's going to be a cry for justice, we can't look for justice from those who don't know how to give justice. We must go to the source. We must go to the source. The source for justice is God himself. That's why that first angel is so powerful. That's why that first angel is so important. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his Judgment is come. See, the Lord can, the Lord hears our cries. I want to read to you now from the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, and Psalms chapter 18. And you'll find this also in Psalm 61, but we're going to go to Psalms chapter 18. And I want to read to you from verse number six Psalms 18 in verse 6 and i love this psalms 18 in verse 6 the bible says in my distress i called upon the lord who did you who did he call upon the lord in my distress i called upon the lord it reminds me of the of 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 the man george floyd as he's on the ground and in his distress he calls for his mother I'm thinking, I didn't know at the time his mother wasn't alive, his mother was dead. He's calling for help. And my friends, I I I I I'm I'm I in my mind I'm saying humanity has forgotten how to cry out to God. We're crying out for help. We can't breathe. Uh, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple. Come on now. And my cry came before him, even unto, into his ears. Now, my friends, if you remember the story of the children of Israel as they're in captivity, as they're in bondage, as they are under oppression. When they are in that state of state, the cry of the people reached unto God and God sent them. A deliverer. God sent them a deliverer. We can't cry out to society alone alone to fix our problems, we can't, we can't cry out to the government to solve our problems, you know our problem, and people don't like this, because they say Andre, you're just being spiritual, no, our problem is the problem of sin, are you hearing me, I remember one other story, now I was was doing some ministry out a few years ago, and there was a There was a situation where a young lady who was a a girlfriend of a supposed gangster was sitting in the car, and these persons thought that the young man was in the car but ends up just killing the girl. shoots her in the neck, and I remember ministering to the family and as I'm there ministering to the family, uh, you can see the sorrow and the sadness, and we're praying, hoping for a miracle. Hoping that she can come back to life, and we're praying and 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 just asking God to do something special. And God did not move in the way that the family had hoped, and she died. And I remember being at the funeral. They asked me to 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 lead out at the funeral, and there were tears and true sorrow, you know, at at this funeral. I was I was sad for the family. I was sad for the situation. Sad. Just, I'm just sad. And I'm asking the Lord what to say. I'm literally, I'm literally trying to figure out what to say because I I don't know what to say to this family. There was, there has been another injustice. (laughs) And I remember being there and there's one guy just crying extra. You can tell that the cry wasn't a normal cry. It was like, it was an extra cry like he's trying to get the attention of everyone else he's crying an an unnatural cry not a true sorrow cry, but just a, a cry for attention as if he's the the closest thing to the girl and he was not even close. and I'm watching the situation and I'm watching everyone crying and I and I and, and 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 I couldn't hold it anymore. the Spirit of God came upon me and I'm there and the Lord impressed my mind. And I said, brothers and sisters, and I'm saying it to you now because this is the same type of situation, brothers and sisters. We're upset that someone took someone else's life. And I, I understand that 100. I say, how many of you want this to end? I mean, how many of you truly want the oppressive nature of. Of these persons to to cease? How many really wanted? it? I, I mean, if if we focus on the reality of what the real problem was, maybe we could finish this thing and and end all these injustices. How many are willing to do that? And I said, I said the same thing that killed that woman are the same things that we enjoy. Or they looked at me, looked like that, uh, they looked like they wanted to kill me, and what they were looking like? What are you talking about? I said, we smoking? I said, we drinking? We carousing? We sleeping with people that that we're not married to? I said, we're lying? We're cheating? We're committing adultery? You see, we're crying out at the results of sin not truly understanding that the issue of sin goes beyond the color of one's skin. The issue of sin goes to the very heart of how we operate, who we serve, who we love. We are blinded by our hatred for another and dismiss the oppression that we allow in our own personal lives. Oh to be careful here. There's one that sits in judgment. <laughs> and when I was done with that talk, it, it was like it was like everyone was like where's your church? When that's real talk, there's no justification because someone else does wrong to you that you do wrong. There's none. If your wife speaks wrong to you, it doesn't mean that you get to go out and cheat on her. Hmm? If your husband doesn't do right by you, it doesn't mean that you go out and do whatever you want to do. Your children are disrespectful. doesn't mean you get to raise a hand and hit them in the face. It, it, it's like we don't get to do wrong because someone does us wrong. What we do get to do is cry out to the most high, and, and in that cry to him, Dealing with the reality of what is present in my hands. I'm not going down the burn down auto zone. Or in state buildings. Because I tell you the truth. Force will never solve the problem that we're having right now. Oh, you may have conformity, but it will not solve the problem. Oh, brother Andre, you seem insensitive. No, I'm not being insensitive. I'm trying to solve the problem. The problem is sin. The solution is Jesus Christ the righteous, manifested in the love of his saints as they go out hand and foot into the community to express that love for the people. I can't breathe. What a sad cry to hear from another mortal. And that breath being meted taken out by another mortal. But please, brothers and sisters, don't get it twisted. What we saw manifested on video in that moment in time, the same principles that underlie that oppressive nature and behavior are the same principles that are meted out in homes every day. How about we take our foots off each other's neck? our knees off each other's back. How, how about, how about, how about instead of speaking, hey, and it's strange, I mean, even in church, church itself can be oppressive. I, I hope you guys understand this. Now, if you take, you take the rules of the church and you press them down on people to com- make them conform to your church, without the grace of God writing the law in their hearts, that law becomes oppressive. Your standards become oppressive without the grace of God working in. It it, it is the same principle, brothers and sisters. The same principle. And I'm begging you. I'm begging you as a people. Let's solve the problem. Let's protest. But let's protest first on our knees. First with introspection. Let's protest. Let's not allow for (laughs) evil speaking in the body of Christ. Let's not allow for unkind behavior towards each other. Let's not allow for ungodliness to be in our own experience. And as we know how to eliminate it from us, for grace and truth must be blended together. Once we learn how to do that, then we will know how to deal with society. The spirit of rebellion is amongst us now, brothers and sisters. <laughs> that beast from the bottomless pit is coming up and causing great havoc and chaos. The same spirit of rebellion from from the French Revolution—it's the same thing—being manifested today. We must seek God while He is nigh. He hears our cry, brothers and sisters, and He's about to deliver. May the grace of God be upon each of you today. Cry out to him, first on a personal level, and then he will show us how to meet the needs of the the community. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to share in your word. Thank you, Father, for not ever giving us what we deserve. (laughs) Thank you for being the judge, the ultimate judge, the righteous judge that sees all and knows all. Thank you, Father. Please help us to see as you see and judge righteous judgment. We pray for the family of George Floyd. We pray for those persons who are truly, directly hurting by what's going on. We pray for those who are angry we pray, Father, that you will raise up persons in our communities. Help us in our stance in these communities to truly, practically be able to help folks and turn them to the God of righteousness, who is the sole deliverer from oppression. Please, Lord, forgive us for our indolence and laziness. Give us courage and wisdom that your work can go forward and that your name can be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.